Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Happy first weekend of summer to you all. You're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Yeah, weekend of June 20th and 21st. Listen, people, we have a really, really packed program. We're going to be talking the artificial reef system in New Jersey. We also have Steve Brunig. Owner and president, Sterling Tackle, based right here in Cape May County. Beasley's point, as a matter of fact, manufacturer of the Kick Tuna Ass. And I'm talking bluefin, I'm talking big eye, and I'm talking yellowfin. Sterling Wide Tracker Bars. We have some fishing reports coming up as well. Grab that cup, grab that rubber. We're really jam. Go to njfishandwildlife.com. The 2020-21 waterfowl dates are set. I just can't wait for that. September 1st to September 30th. Canada goose season. 15 birds, unplugged shotguns, two seven shells. An electronic calls out and a half hour after sunset. Freshwater fishing. Not ignoring it, but it has been smoking. Largemouth. Oh, it has been smoking. Carp fishing. It has been smoking. Pickerel, crappies, yellow perch, and my fave, my fave, the Tom P's fave, channel catfish. Anywhere you're looking, man, the bite is on. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. We are rocking. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, man, a fluke bite's been pretty good. Now, more and more anglers are, well, couldn't do that Monday or Tuesday. That was a little wild. Moving out to get to the reefs for the bigger flatties. Still some uh, nice-sized keeper flatties in the back, but your bigger fish are going to be out there. Shout-out to Captain Paul on a Porgy 4. He had a gentleman there from Philly nailed an 8-pounder. Rumor has it that Captain Paul on a Porgy 4 was around the uh, Cape May Reef. We shall see. Speaking of reefs, the Division of Fish and Wildlife's Incredible Bureau of Marine Fisheries now just had two more reef deployments last week. On uh, June 8th, a 150-long casing gate was hit on the deep water reef, or deployed, I should say, the deep water reef. And uh, last Tuesday on the Sandy Hook Reef site, there was a 65-foot towboat. Vinick Huntress was deployed. Reefs are, I'll tell you, for our size, our length of coast, Jersey has one of the most active artificial reef programs in the coastal United States. Join us in line right now, very special guest, Rack and Finn. When we can track him down is Pete Clark. He is the artificial reef coordinator, also principal fisheries biologist, New Jersey's Bureau of Marine Fisheries. Want to pump up, listeners, want to pump up the reef system because the fishing on the reefs is incredible. Hit it right. You're going to catch just about everything. Pete, thanks for joining us on short notice. This reef news is exciting. And I want to ask you a question a little later on, Pete, what's happening with the Delaware Bay Reef. But Pete, these two deployments, uh, I'm loving it, bro. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, we're really excited. We've got our uh, first two deployments of the 2020 year. Uh, so we put down a 150 foot long caisson gate. It's uh let me see, 59 feet tall, 30 feet wide, and 150 feet long. It's probably one of the most incredible pieces of structure that I've sunk so far. It had pipe work coming off of the sides that were used as fenders. So I don't know if you know what a caisson gate is. They're really cool. They were, they're used to block off or to dam off dry docks. Right, so yeah. If you think of a, right? So this thing was immense. You know, this was a gate that was used for battleships and aircraft carrier dry docks it was enormous you know so um you know we cut huge holes in these things and then it's got all the pipe work and we sunk it in uh we sunk it in about 100 and, uh, 118 feet of water and it's coming about 60 feet off the bottom it's amazing i i went and fished so we had about an hour and a half before the gate got on site down at Deepwater reef it's 25 miles off of atlantic city right. southeast and what an incredible reef. So I went out and I, I was, uh, you know, I, I hit a couple of spots down there uh, fishing the uh, high-low rig with some squid strips on it. And I'll tell you what, every drop, it wasn't a matter of if we were going to catch a sea bass, they were on. And they yeah. were huge, huge, <laughs> beautiful fish. Well, beautiful uh, fish. Well, Pete, uh, some of the deployment materials, listen, there's reef balls, dredge rock, hopper scales, tugboats, deck barges, army tanks, concrete rubble. Uh, de- the guy, even the raffer, what was that? A decommissioned destroyer. I mean, so Pete, yeah. it's, it's it's a great great system, and these these materials are just fish magnets. That's exactly right. So, 
you, you know, they, they do attract fish, but I'll tell you what, all the stuff that grows on them. So oh, yeah. on the shallower sites, the mussels, the anemones, the barnacles, every, everything under the sun is growing on these things. And then all the small fish come in, they start eating all those crabs and such. And then the big predators come in. I, I'm telling you. Black sea bass fishing this year on our reefs is insane. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's be what's the term people say? Epic, uh, uh, psycho. Savage, it's, it's, savage, it's been beyond. Bite. It's beyond, Pete. It's beyond. I mean, it's been just phenomenal fishing. Now, Pete, there are, we're speaking with Pete Clark. He is the artificial reef coordinator, New Jersey Bureau of Marine Fisheries. Great guy. The great crew down there in Naco Creek. Now, Pete, you're, you said that what? Uh, excluding the Del Jersey Land offshore and uh, Del Jersey Land inshore. And with the yep. new Delaware Bay Reef, there are what seventeen reef sites in the system. Yeah, Tom. We so so the DEP holds seventeen permits for the reef sites off of New Jersey, and then we've got a uh, joint two joint sites, the uh, Del Jersey Land inshore and offshore sites. Um, so on our seventeen sites, I'll tell you what: New Jersey is really at the forefront of reef development and habitat construction. And, uh, you know, in, in addition to that case on gate, like you said, we sunk a tug, a big 65 foot tugboat off of, um, off of, uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey, up in the northern part right. of the state on Sandy, Sandy Hill. Hill yeah. And, uh, so that was in 57 feet of water, way closer, right? It's only about a mile and a half off the beach. It comes off the bottom about 23 feet. Nice. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be in theme this year for tog fishing i just i can't wait to go up there and give that and that was that tugboat was a memorial reef for uh the hudson river fishing association yeah there's a member up there darren cardinal he passed away a number of years ago so mm-hmm. we were able to get that memorialized in his honor and uh, it's fantastic that, uh, that's that's fantastic great well, well Pete, listen yeah. we have in the reef system you have from i guess it's the ocean city of course my old stomping grounds 0.08 yeah. square miles, the Ocean City Reef, to the 4.5 square mile Cape May Reef. Next to the Cape May Reef is the Axel Carlson, Axel Carlson Reef, rather, at four square miles. But how are these reef sites chosen size-wise, uh, configuration-wise? What goes into that? Well, so what we're usually looking for, Tom, is a, uh, a piece of bottom off the coast of the, of the state that has no features. So we call it a featureless bottom. It's only sand. And we want to make sure that we don't impact any current fisheries. So if this site, for instance, that we're considering had uh, clam, if it had clam activity or any kind of commercial or recreational uh, presence, we would, we would pass it by. But um, so these sites are, are very, uh, very specifically chosen to only improve the habitat. So we're going from a nondescript sand, flat sand bottom, and we're putting a ton of vertical strut. And when I say a ton, I mean millions <laughs> of tons of material. Wow. We've done over 4,373 deployments off the coast of New Jersey between Bill Figley, who started the program, he, and, that, and he's the godfather of reefing in he the is. United States. From New Jersey, Bill Figley, Long Beach Island guy, um, Hugh Carberry came in after Hugh, right. I mean, after Bill, mm-hmm. and really and drove this thing to where it is now. And I'm just trying to pick up the baton and uh, and keep it rolling. Hey, hey, yeah, let got. me tell you something, little brother. You are running with it. Now, the reef program, was, I, believe, I believe, began in 84 under Bill Figley. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Hugh Carberry came in, I think it was 2004, 2005. He was like, now, yep. Pete, getting that position, I mean, that was really sought after, was it not? I mean, this is a big, this is a big gig here, bro. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of wrestling matches out in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, but uh but but yeah, uh I I'm I'm thrilled. I was very very lucky to be given the opportunity to be involved mm-hmm. with this program. I hope to be doing it for the next 20 years. At least I hope I, at least it it really is it's exciting, you know, and uh what what we're able to give back to our stakeholders, what we're what we're giving back to the resource so, you know, you said fish magnet, and, and I, I truly believe that these are production sites. We're not just creating a fish attracting device, though that does happen. I'm not right. going to argue yeah. that. But, but when you look at the growth that is already on that caisson gate or already on that tugboat after one week, then you start to realize just how productive these sites become. 
Um, you know, it, you know, we've done a lot of studies over the years on our reefs in New Jersey, and we know unequivocally that these sites not only produce for that immediate sited reef area, but outside of it, they have this radiating effect of life outside of those reef areas. Mm-hmm. And that's, you can't argue the success of that. Now, Pete, the reef that was built up, where is it off Point Pleasant, Manasquan? That's a relatively, the Manasquan, that's a relatively new reef too, correct? At 0.95 square miles? Yeah, we've got two new ones. That We've got the Manasquan Inlet Reef, and that's right off of Manasquan Inlet, one, yeah, 1.1 miles off the beach. Uh, it's nestled between Axel Carlson and Skigert. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that's really exciting is the Delaware Bay Reef, and and the the reason that that's so exciting is because it's New Jersey's first estuarine reef. So, um, so far, we've only got, unfortunately, one deployment. We put about 2,800 tons tons of rock. The dredge rock? uh, Of dredge rock, Delaware River dredge, big stuff, big, big stuff on on that reef. It comes about, eh, I would say about eight or nine feet in vertical height off of the bottom, and um, it's it's chock full of fluke and sea bass and tog. I've right. you know, I've caught all those things on it already. I haven't been out there in a while, but boy, it was productive the day I was on it. Pete, is it a challenge? I mean, coming up with materials, donations for materials. You guys have to run out and scratch and claw to find materials. Then go, for example, with a ship, I have to go or a boat, whatever. I have to go through all the cleaning process, whatever. Or do you have organizations and or whatever coming to you, hey, we'd like to donate something for your reef program. How does that work? Yeah, so it happens both ways. Uh, primarily, most of our larger projects are are donated through fishing clubs like uh, the Manaswan River Marlin and Tuna Club or Strathmere a Fishing and Environmental Club is a, one of our huge, big donor yeah. for us for mm-hmm. the southern sites. And so what happens is these these clubs or organizations contact me throughout the year and say, you know, we've got some money bankrolled. We're really interested in doing a project or two or several this year. What do you have available? And then we have a discussion and we start putting it in order. Uh, Once we get a contractor with material, well, then they're responsible for emptying that, let's say, tugboat of everything that could be contaminant. Mm -hmm. The motors come out, the fuel comes out, the electrical wiring comes out, insulation. And really, Tom, at the end of the day, all we're left with is a bare piece of shell metal. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So there's tons of voids, lots of open space, and that's what makes these things so great and so productive once they're on the bottom. Okay, Pete, we're going to go hard break. Can you hang in for another segment? Yeah, sure. Listen, joining us is Pete Clark. He's the Artificial Reef Coordinator, the greatest artificial reef program. I'm saying this in the Palo Universal Racket Fin Radio in along the U.S. coastal waters. Pete, hang in. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Get back, Pete. I want to just touch on the Junior Mate Reef Project and uh, Reef Balls, and I want to get to the Delaware Bay Reef. You gig? You ready to go? Yes. Okay, man. Yep, I'm ready. Stay right there. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Pete, that was 14 minutes, man. You're great. That was 14 minutes, Pete. You're aces, man. You're good. Hey, I, uh, do, you, do you want numbers? Do you want to give out the numbers of uh, of the? I'm t- Tom, dude. That place was insane. It was amazing. I couldn't believe how good it was. This was which reef was this? The D Bay? That that was that was the deep water that we just. Put oh, the, the deep water reef. Uh, what do you? I don't know. I got. I've got AC reef that we just put a case on on AC reef recently. Okay. Yeah, we'll touch that. Yeah, we'll touch on that. Let me hold on. Stay. Stay right there, Pete. Stay right there. Hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Dave always wore the same gray shirt to work every day. Monday through Friday, gray, gray, gray. Then one day, Dave decided to switch things up and wear that Hawaiian shirt his mother gave him. And that's when Wendy and Accounting took notice. You can make a difference when you switch things up, too. Switch and save an average of $536. Contact a State Farm agent about our surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Average annual per household savings based on a 2019 national survey of new policyholders who reported savings by switching to State Farm. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. First Saturday of the summer with Pete Clark. He is the Artificial Reef Coordinator at New Jersey's Bureau of Marine Fisheries. Okay, Pete, uh, one of the things I want to touch on, too, for in forms of the structure are the reef balls. Where are these procured? 
Well, so we make those. In the past, we used to contract, uh, well, we would get labor, free labor, and uh, we would contract about 500 of these reef balls. We'd mm-hmm. bring in the concrete, our laborers, in the form of prisoners, which was it was a great, great program. Mm-hmm. They would build all these reef balls. We'd put them onto a truck and barge and, and send them out to sea. Unfortunately, those dollars are no longer available. Oh. So we've got the molds. If anybody out there has any interest in having a group, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, a school, get involved with building reef balls, we can bring them to you, and we can get them made, and then we'll take them away, and you guys can come and watch them get deployed. So we, we're ready to go, Tom. Good deal. Anytime anybody wants to make them, we're ready. Now, Pete, you mentioned the case on doors on, a, on the well, Deepwater Reef. Wasn't one just uh, deployed on the uh, AC Reef recently or fairly recently? Yeah, last summer we did one in uh, in honor of the uh, the Godfather of Reefs, Bill, Bill Figley. Figley yeah, it's, it's called the William Kane. That's a case on gate as well, and uh, yeah, that's over on AC Reef. It's at uh, I got some numbers here: thirty nine degrees fourteen point oh eight zero by seventy four degrees twelve point eight six two. It's about seventy four feet of water. Another unbelievable piece of structure out there. Now, Pete, the Bureau is involved with the Junior Mate Reef Project. Again, shout out to Captain John Lewis there. It's a great organization. Are they doing something on what, the Little Egg Reef? Captain John Lewis has, like you said, the Junior Mates program, and they have raised an immense amount of money. I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty to $70,000 in the course Whoa. of a year and a half. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh man. So he's also found a match for that. So now we've got a total project uh, budget of around $150,000. Uh, you know, we're talking about grassroots efforts. So right. the, the, what is the Seashell Cup, the, the big striped bass tournament out on Long Island last year. Right. I, I mean, they, they got a check for 40 something thousand dollars alone out of that. That's it, great. It, amazing stuff. And, and that just goes to show. When you put your mind to it, these guys are very, very uh, successful at raising money for the reef program. God bless them. So, so Captain John Lewis, and uh, through his efforts, we've got three items that are going on the much-needed Little Egg Inlet site. Unfortunately, it's very tough to find low-lying material that can fit on that site and still have legal clearance. Right, you need so, the clearance, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's really one of the most uh, – that, that's one of the factors that really – you know, drives where we put stuff. So, um, so John's got a huge deck barge coming up. It's 250, 265 feet long, 80 feet wide. It's, it's 10 feet tall. It's a big one along with a, uh, a metal crew boat and a small Harbor tug or push boat. So he's going to get three things in one day deployed on the little egg inlet reef. Unbelievable. That's just that's just absolutely great. Right? Listen, by the way, Captain John uh, Lewis owns and operates the Insatiable, beautiful, uh, beautiful charter boat there out of uh, running out of Beach Haven. Well, Pete, to the Delaware Bay Reef. This is the newest one, uh, most exciting. The potential is amazing. Listen, it's nine miles southwest of the aggression of the Morris River, uh, twelve miles from Fortescue, and six point five miles from the Cape May Canal. And Pete, it, the the potential there is on now. Delaware has two artificial reef sites in their waters, correct? I, I at least at, at least, least okay. I thought I thought they had several more than that. Oh, I, uh, and, and they're yeah. very successful sites. Yeah, so, Pete, what's the uh, what's the size, the square miles or whatever of the Delaware Bay Reef? Uh, you're going to put me on on the spot. I want to say I want to say it's point seven square point seven five square miles, and mm-hmm. maybe a touch bigger than that. So it's not a tiny site. No, it's a good piece uh, of the bottom there, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's it's located on the um, on the let's see north side of one of the shipping channels. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's uh, it's in a great site. Unfortunately, like I said earlier, we've only got one deployment on there so far. We're looking to put some more culverts on there. So, like I said, a, a lot of our limitations are driven by our vertical clearance requirements. So right. I'm probably looking at about I can come off the bottom about eight feet in the deepest spot and uh probably more like four or five feet in some of the more shallow areas on the Del Bay site. 
so we've got culverts that are staged on the Maurice River right now. We're just waiting for a little so we can Ready get that go. stuff out there. Well, Pete, again, owing to the, the shallowness of, of the you know the, the geographic area there, is there room for another another reef in Delaware Bay? Uh, you know what? I think on our side, prob- on the Jersey side, I, I, I think there probably is, Tom. It's it's going to come down to sighting again, and mm-hmm. uh, it's something that we're always we're always willing to explore. And we've got to work with the commercial watermen down in the Delaware Bay. That's a right. very important aspect of what goes on down there, and uh, and they need to be able to help drive uh, a sighting location. That's what it would come down to. We're speaking with Pete Clark. He's the artificial reef coordinator, of New Jersey Bureau of Marine Fisheries. Well, Peter, that Delaware Bay Reef is doing some honking stuff when it comes to fishing, little brother. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. How how is the fishing in Delaware Bay right now? Are we getting some good summer flounder catches? In uh, there? They're getting some. The drum is tapering off, uh, but the the fluke I'm hearing more and more keepers. Not not the big keepers, uh, Pete, but keepers just the same. You know, with that 17 inch. What the real kick in the nuts is, Peter, is that Delaware has the 16.5. Uh. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm getting off. Ta- I'm going on a tangent here, but that's a whole other. Yeah, you know, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I I agree. I heard that there's a lot of fish, a lot of fluke showing up on the ocean beaches in the surf now too. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're starting to do the old skedaddle out of the estuaries and move around onto the beaches. Well, but, Pete, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, was that uh, Barnegat Light Reef, Garden State North Seagirt Reef? I'm doing some uh, getting some fishing reports for the papers. Masqua Axel Carlson. Pete, there's some nice, nice uh, fish out there. As I mentioned earlier, Captain Paul on the Porgy Fort. I believe he was on that Cape May Reef. Yeah, the guy from Philly with a beautiful eight pounder. Yeah, so, Pete, Captain so, Paul yeah. Thompson. He, uh, boy, he's he's tops. That guy will find him. He's a great boat to be on. Pete, yeah. the, the future of the reef program, uh, driven, I assume, like everything else, by money. In other words, no green, no machine. What's the dealio? Right. So right now we're operating our operational costs. So that's uh, surveys and studies and our some salaries are coming out of what's called Wallop Row. And that's a federal excise task on uh, attacks on on things like um, gasoline that you, that you buy at a marina or fishing tackle right. or rods and reels. So New Jersey gets a portion of that money, and the reef program gets a portion of the portion that New Jersey gets to, uh, you know, to, to help fund some of the recreational endeavors. So that's where our that's where our money comes from. None of that money can be spent or is spent on uh, on material, on tugboats, on rock, on concrete. So again, that's all of our all of our deployments are driven by the stakeholders, by the fishing groups, by environmental yep. clubs, et cetera. Yeah. Well, it's good to see uh, everyone working on uh, units. And I remember that nightmare with the Redbirds. What was that, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. This group yeah, was against we don't this need to talk about that. that, that but... <laughs> look, you know, that, we're moving onward and upward. We're, we've got great material coming in. And uh, so. Pete, you have just, excited. it's just, it's, it's, listeners, it's beyond exciting when you see. Now, Pete, I speak to a couple of divers, and they say, Tommy uh, P, you don't know what's down there, man. You don't know what's down. The guys tell me they've seen 15, 18, 20-pound tog. And, yep, somebody's, yep. and right now, Pete, before I let you go, you uh, did mention that, listen, this is this is rare for Clark. He actually had a chance to go out and fish. He actually <laughs> fished a little bit. And, Pete, you said you were on the deep water reef? Yeah, right. So we got on site a little bit early and uh, on the Deepwater Reef when we were deploying that last case on gate, and I dropped into some great fishing on the Deepwater Reef. You had to give unbelievable. Some- it was dropping reel on sea bass. They were stacked ten, twelve feet off of off the. Uh, we were, we fished oh. a couple of wrecks out there. Amazing, amazing. I highly recommend you go out there and try it. You had to give some numbers, little brother. <laughs> 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 is that a yeah or, is that, is that a yay or a nay? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up. So let's see. Uh, how about uh, how about I throw a number of the caisson we just sunk? That'll get people out on the reef and they can look around. Tom, I I I can't wait to show you. I'm going to send you a picture of my sounder after I after we sunk this thing. Please do. Incredible. It's amazing. Uh, let's see. Hold on. You got to give me a second on these numbers. I'm sorry. That's I right. got to make something up and make it sound real. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, All right. Are you ready? We're ready. Here we go. Pen and paper out. Deep water. Quezon Gate. Sunk June 8th, 2020. Tom P. Ready? Yep. 38 degrees. 
three zero two by west seventy four degrees ten point nine oh eight boom boom That's and it. there we go let's just check it out with the podcast you can go now and uh and get this information pete you are the piston in the engine you have a great crew working with you again congratulations the reef project listeners onward and upward we have one and I don't want to mention a name, but he's a very, um, very popular, very successful uh, fishing show host, television show host, been around for 20-something years. Says Tom P., and he lives in Florida. A lot of people know who we're, we're talking about. He says, for your size, New Jersey has some of the best artificial reef fishing in the world. As well, Joe, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, whoa, whoa, that's, that's whoa, whoa, saying whoa, whoa. a lot. Whoa. What do you mean for your size? New Jersey has the best artificial reef fishing in the world. I, oh, that's, I, that's- I am there. I am but I didn't want to piss him off. He's a good guest. <laughs> well, he's a, I'm sure he's a great guest. I'm just saying, New Jersey's got the best program and the best fishing. That's all there is to it. And, a, and, a, and just a great crew listeners down there at the Marine Fisheries Office at Naco Creek. Pete, thanks for joining us. You have a great summer. Any chance of uh, getting together in the fall, maybe? Let's do it, Tom. Let's go fluking this year. How about that? We were supposed to go last year. Let's do it this year. Tell you, man, Pete, I'm, I'm really good because it's all in the flat. wrist action. It's going to be flat. <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee you a flat day. If Little you, five knots of wind. If you get five, can you get it? I'll, I'll, um, I'm in it with the venison loin sandwiches. If you can get it down to three, Ooh, <laughs> I'll put I'll put the order in. I, okay. can, I can't guarantee three. <laughs> five, yeah. Pete, you take care, little brother. Best <laughs> to everybody. We'll see you later, man. Catch you later, Tom. Thanks. Great guy and great program. New Jersey's artificial reef, man. The reef system is rocking. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and fin radio. We will see what's going on. And we get to have some fishing reports for later. I hope so. Time is flying. Be right back. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's Talk Station. Fox News, I'm Jill Nato. Attorney General Bill Barr says the U.S. attorney who's been prosecuting some Trump allies is out. But that prosecutor, Jeffrey Berman, is saying not so fast. The attorney general went on to say he was appointing a temporary replacement for the U.S. attorney post. But soon after, Berman issued his own statement saying he hadn't resigned. He also said he'll step down when a presidentially appointed nominee is confirmed by the Senate. Chris DeMeo, Fox News. Demonstrators have torn down a statue in Washington, D.C. That statue of Confederate officer Albert Pike. Fox's Rich Edson watched it happen. People celebrating the uh, destruction of the of the Pike statue here in Washington stood here for more than 100 years. Uh, one of the very few within the city limits that commemorates a Confederate general. That comes after peaceful Juneteenth celebrations all day in the city. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Overnight, there will be patchy clouds and fog, low 67. Saturday, clouds and some sun, humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, especially later, high 83. A shower around Saturday night, low 66. Humid Sunday with a shower or thunderstorm, high 83. Partly sunny, very warm and humid Monday, high 87. I'm AccuWeather's Kara Wabinski on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Pete Clark. Bureau of Marine Fisheries Artificial Reef Coordinator. Talking about the great bottom fishing available on these reefs. Now, I remember a couple of weeks ago, shout out to Chuck Snyder, Tuna Chuck Snyder. We were talking the early bluefin bite, and bluefins are still going on. Yellowfins are showing up. Big eye are showing up. Longfins should be, although I did hear of one or two longfin caught. I don't know if that was a canyon run or wherever, but that's a little early for them. But the matter of the of the thing has been, I do the reports, offshore reports for the Fisher Magazine, among others, and you, I kept hearing about these Sterling wide tracker bars, wide tracker bars, wide tracker bars. Captain Scott Newhall uh, turned me out to this gentleman. He is Mr. Steve Brunig. He's owner of Sterling Tackle Company based right here in South Jersey in Cape May County. Beasley's Point, right over the bridge here. Exit 25. That's the Beasley's Point slash Ocean City exit. Um, it is the lower end of Ocean City. The Sterling Tracker, the Sterling wide tracker, I should say, patent pending an ingenious device that runs out from, you can run it on outriggers from your rocks. It, it has just been tearing, tearing up the tuna. I have Mr. Bruning on the line right now. He's the owner and president of Sterling Tackle. We're going to talk wide trackers for a bit. One, the, the cliche build a better mousetrap is not more apropos than what this gentleman has devised. Steve Bruning, thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin today, brother. How you doing? Very good. Very good. My pleasure. 
Steve, the wide uh, trackers have been knocking the snot, beating up the bluefin. More and more and more people usually have an 18-inch. You have a, what was that, a 36-inch. Go into, again, a spreader bar. It's a bar. It's a bar. It's a bar. You said, I can do this, and I can do it better. What went into the whole project? Well, I mean, uh, I, I do fish. So in, in fishing spreader bars, one of the things you notice um, or one of the one of the goals is when you're out there is to get a, a wider spread. Right. Um, I, I noticed that as you naturally drop back spreader bars and other surface lures, they kind of want to tend to go to the inside. Yep. And then I said to myself, how can I get that thing to move outward instead of coming inward and, and started to experiment? Uh, actually, my very first um, equivalent to this was a, a, a spreader bar with a guitar pick as a keel. And uh, it didn't work. I don't know if you've ever seen one. Wait, wait, what was that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What was that? I, I actually <laughs> said to myself, if I can get a little plastic keel under that, you know, hub, we call it, I can move that spreader bar out. And so I, I came back to the shop and started to cut one up, and I, I, I epoxied a, a guitar pick under there, took it back out in the bay and tested it, and it moved, but it moved only about a foot, and that wasn't enough. So uh, we went back to the drawing board and came up with you know real good keel design. And uh, it, now the, it pushes the whole bar. It'll push it 20, 30 feet to one side. And wow. Just, uh and, and and sometimes further if you let, if you keep letting it back right. it just keeps tracking wider and wider. And what and what this has done too, Steve, is like for the smaller boaters that want to get with they, they again picking your days, people. We know that you've opened up the world of uh, of fish of tuna fishing for them. Yeah, exactly. Usually, small boats are at a distinct disadvantage. Right. They cannot they cannot get enough lures or get get them wide enough, and so. This allows them, you know, many guys, you, you just don't use two on one, you know, you don't use two, you use four, you use six of them, you mm-hmm. just keep staggering them out there, and it just fills this super wide spread, and, and you're able to cover a bigger, you know, section of water and, and catch more fish. They catch like crazy, actually. Talk with Steve Bruin, he's owner and pres of Sterling Tackle, the original wide tracker patent pending. Steve, from when you first picked it up, you tried with the guitar pick to when... You started to you had the confidence. They again, I'm sure, rigorous, rigorous testing on the water, hardcore stuff, from inception to sales. How long a time? Uh, probably a season and a half. We we first put it in some of our pro staff. They're 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 great fishermen up and down the coast here in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and um, we put it in their hands, and and the feedback came back real quick. You know, I can't actually say on the air what one guy said, but, uh, you know, he's one of the top guys on the East coast here. Um, Mark de Blasio. And he just said, Oh, you yeah. got something here. You got something here. He's, he's the captain of the blue runner. They turn yeah. fish and do real well. Now you have 36 wide tracks. You have 18, uh, explain when you use one and when to use the other. Can you mix them up? What's the dealio? Yeah, you can mix them. You know, the, the, by their nature, the 18 inch wide tracker is going to be a little more stable because it's smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so you usually use the 36 inch wide tracker closer to the boat and right off the rod tip. Um, but, but both are just catching fish like crazy. It's, I can't tell you, we have streams, streams of people getting back to us. And actually I just posted on uh, social media today. We have Instagram and Facebook and, um, you know, a guy who has battled cancer and he just said, thank you for making an incredible product. I'm able to go out there and catch tuna and, and just have a great day of recreational escape and, um, he just loved every minute of it. We get feedback like crazy. People just love the product. Now you have uh, nine-inch bulb squids on there and six-inch bulb squids and, and, uh, and myriad color patterns. Uh, design that went into that. When do you use six? When do you use nine? Is that the target species? Whether you're targeting yellowfin or big eye or what, what's what's up with that? Yeah, everybody has a little bit of a preference, but generally, inshore and early season is is smaller baits. So if, if even if you're canyon fishing this time of year, a lot of guys will use the smaller six-inch baits, and then if, right. as the season presses on, they'll they'll go to nine-inch baits to you know to be bigger and more match the hatch there. Yeah, we're speaking with Steve Bruning. He is the owner and pres Sterling Tackle, home of the Wide Tracker patent pending. So I'm getting a report, Cat. I'll, I'll never. Forget, I said, okay, Cat Malley, Tom P. I need a report, Cat Malley, and the Mushin. What is happening, Tom P. This crazy six. Oh, and he goes off on it. I said, yeah, well, ow, ow, cat, ow, whoa, whoa. I need, wait for you to catch it. He told us about a crazy six wide tracker, told me rather. What is that all about? 
Yeah. So in the in the development of all this stuff, we we continually innovate and and, and try to make the most powerful lures we can. So one of the things I picked up on was that birds, we call them, they splash. Yep. You know, most guys know what they are. So and we, we make a, a daisy chain called a crazy eight, and it's eight of these small birds in a row and, you know, followed up by a stinger. And, and it, it was doing real well. It doesn't track to the side, but just normal fishing. And so uh, one of our pros, they have actually contacted and said, Steve, can you make me a version of that in the crazy uh-huh. eight? So that then we made what was called the crazy six wide tracker. So we uh-huh. took that that similar concept, put it right down the center line, and um, and and that that's been lighting them up too. Uh, we, we that's no can't. lie, man. Again, yeah. listen, this isn't a cottage business. These are made. Uh, am, am I correct that these are pretty much made to order as as per orders coming in, and then they're constructed? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's some real base things that we'll do a little bit of pre-stock for, but when you offer so many colors and we have so many different assortments of even we have machine-style lures, bulb squid lures, ultimate squid uh, lures. So you know, we offer so many. I, I think we probably offer. A, you could probably get 150 different spreader bars from us if you were to go through all the combinations. And um, so you know, we take the orders, we process them as quick as our we can. Our goal is. If you order by two in the afternoon, we ship by the end of that day. Wow, um, that's yeah, pretty good, so, man. Well, uh, yeah, and we hold that for you know ninety percent of the year. This is the time of year when huge waves will come in. We got so many people coming back to the docks with tuna in the boat, and, and everybody's going, what, "Where you know what'd you catch them on?" So <laughs> we get overwhelmed here. Hey, Bruni, uh, let me ask you this: You have any hair left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually do, but I, but it might be going fast. Yeah, I was going to say, um, listeners, and this is Jersey Strong, South Jersey Strong, yeah. Sterling Tackle right Company. This is great. Yeah. Well, listen, a lot of success in the future. Where do you go from here? Expansion, more products. What's uh, what's on the yeah. drawing board? Break the news with us. Come on, man. Well, I'm not going to break too much news. I'll just tell you we are innovating. We do have prototypes out there right now. You know, like I said, I have some pro staff. They're very loyal. They they keep everything hush uh, the best they can, and um, there's more coming. That's all I want to tell you. There is more coming, and we're trying to make it as easy as we can. You don't have to be a, a super pro to go out there and do and use these products. You, you, you know, we make them. Right. You pull, you pull it right out of the bag. You connect it to your main line, put it in the water, and you, you're ready to catch fish. And you, that's you don't it. Have to and, and Steve, I've had several uh, captains tell me that like the time to yeah. go, and, and you're and you're going to catch fish. So we have the uh, uh, we have the bluefin going on, yellowfin around, big eye and longfin. Yep. So are you going to get out to try some of your own products? Oh yeah, I, I do fish. I get out about five times a year. We always overnight. I'm on a small boat because I'm I'm still. It's actually not even mine. It's my brother's, but <laughs> uh, I'm on a budget, and I, you know I've. I get a lot of invites, but this is our season where I work real hard, and we all do here, and um, and it, yep. it, it is tough to get out. But I love it. That and that's where I get to see with my own eyes right. what's happening, and then make the adjustments from from there. I can actually see what's happening. It's got to be very uh, gratifying, Steve. Very fulfilling. Listen, do you have a website, Facebook page? How do people find out about the Sterling products, bro? Go. Yeah, so the, the yeah, sure website, and it's a web store, so sterlingtackle.com. And then, uh, you know, of course, we're on Facebook, Sterling Tackle. We're on Instagram as Sterling Tackle. And uh, if anybody wants to see what the products can do, our Instagram and Facebook is flat out full of uh, tunas coming over the side of the boat, you know, hooked on to Sterling Tackle. It's just full of them. Stay Everything up. from we, we've had we've had 450-pound giants come in on, oh, on oh. these on wide trackers. Wow. I mean, the, the components, yeah. uh, listen, the components are top shelf. I mean, this is the, the best components, the craftsmanship, the structure, everything yeah. is there. Tell you, what, I like to interview in person sometime. How about, uh, I don't know if you're into it, but I'm into anchovy pizza. Kurtz, what do you think? Kurtz what, pizza, uh, Kurtz get, pizza, what was that question? Kurtz pizza there, Marmore. Come on, we'll go get, we'll go get a pie. Go get an anchovy pie. I want to interview oh, you more. Kurt, now you're calling, I don't see you're calling out names. Kirk's pizza. Kirk's sure, pizza, that's man. That. Legendary, legendary, absolutely legendary. Their, their cheesesteaks, actually, if anybody's really listening, Kirk's cheesesteaks uh, by a lot of people. Number one, no doubt, and you know, extra cheese and fried onions. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I, I suggested to him before he gets a lawsuit that they should come. Up, they should each one should come with a portable heart and lung machine. Those things will put you out, man. <laughs> Steve yeah, Burning, best yeah. of luck. Sterling Wide Tracker Bar, Sterling Proxville. Get out. Tuna are on the bite, Steve. Good luck. Congratulations. Hope to meet you one All of these right. days down on the dock, brother. Thank you, Tom. Have you, a great night. You too.
Good guy, good guy, good company right here in Beasley's Point slash Marmore. All right, we have time for a couple of fish reports. Grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rat and Fin Radio rules. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Is there a media war to stop President Trump? David Horowitz says there is, and the truth is in his new book, Blitz. David Horowitz reveals the names of the secret billionaires out to stop Trump. Donald Trump Jr. urges you to read Blitz. Mike Huckabee says it's Trump's victory plan. Get your copy of David Horowitz's Blitz, already a number one Amazon bestseller. Or check out the free offer. Just call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX. Or go to Blitz411.com. Get Blitz today. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back for our final segment of Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. First weekend of summer. They said some fish reports. Joining us right now, Bill Wiggins, Fanatics Marine Supply on West Avenue in Ocean City, New Jersey's favorite family resort. Billy Wiggins, what's happening, little brother? Doing good, Tom. How about you? Summer got here quickly. It was just Halloween, or wasn't it just last Labor Day? What is happening, Bill? Boy, boy, I tell you, with all this uh, funky year that we've had so far, the time has really got me screwed up. It's so it's ju- hard to believe it's summer. It's just, Billy, it's just been crazy. And the weather earlier in the week uh, felt like it was yeah, back back in uh, April, you know, early May. So what's <laughs> Yeah, you got that right. It made, it made that uh, tough fishing there in the beginning of the week. But, yeah, yeah guys are doing okay, though. You know, if the, the flounder break got a little better, you know, a, yeah. lot, a little bit more shorts than there were keepers, but I'm starting to hear you know more fish plentiful all the way around throughout the bay now billy uh hello shout out to you carberry uh, we mentioned him earlier in the program uh retired artificial reef coordinator he and his sons uh sean and kyle knocked the snot out of him there uh what's that behind um what's that pier uh what's that pier, pier four, four. yeah back yep. into, whoa bill i mean yes. not, not huge but nice size keepers of 22 inches man Exactly. That's what I said. It's been it's been better. It's been a lot better than it was. You know, it was a rough start because of the, you know, all the yeah. wind and rain and everything else. But it kind of settled out last week and this week. You know, even though the weather wasn't terrific, I did hear a number of fish, even the guys that did brave the northeast winds there. Uh huh. Billy, what's the hot fluke bite been? Is it minis? Is it squid minis? Is it killies? Or not killies? Is it gulp rather with the minis? It's been a lot of the gulp. Some of the new funky colors are actually doing pretty well. Even though they're next to impossible to get, some of those, you know, those salmon reds, those pink tails, those chartreuse, you know, the problem is it's getting a product anymore for anything. Right? Yeah, the, real the, difficult. Yeah, the pipeline's been tough. I'm mean, Billy. I'm hearing deliveries at the at the retail tackle up from distributors anywhere from three to six weeks. Yeah, that's exactly wow. right. Yeah, I'm I, at the on the good end. You're getting two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much just scrambling to get anything you can right now. But you know, but fishing's been pretty good though. Even though the guys in the surf catching a lot of kingfish now, there's starting to be a few uh, stripers still mixed in. Though that's starting to peter out now that we're just about to tail right. into that side. But man, there's a lot of stripers back in the bay at night. They're kind of oh, a, lot of, the a lot of uh, schoolies, Billy. Any any yeah. uh, keepers in that slot? Uh, well, there's, also there's a blizzard. Been a few. You know, if you have your uh, bonus striper tag program, you'll get that twenty four to under twenty eight. Yeah, it seems like that's not that hard to find. You can find that 24, 25-inch fish fairly regularly in the bay if you get your permit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been pretty – and most of that's on soft plastics, anything four- five-inch paddle tails, you know, fishing the white lines around the bridges, side yep. banks, things like that. That's been pretty good, pretty consistent, kind of like our f- favorite fishery down here, to be perfectly honest with you. It's kind of one you can always count on. I know, but you – know, Some uh, days the ties are different, but there seems to be always fish there. When I was there, four zero three twenty second street and plus a twenty two, my fave was the Royals. Billy, give us some streets where the Royals are high. Listeners, except for triggerfish, I'd say the best eating fish along the Jersey Shore. Sorry, man. Oh, absolutely, it is. It absolutely is. Still been mostly a bloodworm bite though, because that water's yeah. still not quite to that fish bites level. Right. It's still mostly been on blowworms, but you know, I don't know what it is about that twenty first, twenty third area of the beach. You know, it's always got a little bit of a shell pile there, and they always seem to hold fish down there. Billy, you and then Billy, you get a little Billy, further south, you know, into, into the mid thirties, it's been pretty good, and then the high forties. Billy, you weren't supposed to mention those early twenties. I should have told you that. Oh, <laughs> oh he's killing me, people. Okay, Bill, anything with blues? Yeah, they're still mixed in throughout the bay. I'm not seeing that many in the surf. You're catching a lot of those three- to five-pounders throughout the bay fun. on uh, yep. cut bait and mackerel, things like that. So guys throwing some metal, too. Corson's Inlet, yep. 9th Street Bridge, a little mm-hmm. bit of Longport Bridge. Still getting a little overrun with all those sharks finishing up their breeding, but other than that, it's yep. been pretty good. Billy, one final question. Weak fish after dark, anything? There's a handful of them around. I haven't heard as many as they was. You know, they seem to have petered out a little bit. Of course, I think the... Yep. Uh, the person, you know, the average fisherman that's doing that isn't really going out and targeting them anymore right now. Yeah. Okay, Billy. Starting to hear some triggers and some uh, sheepheads starting to show up, too, whoa, whoa, by whoa, the way. Whoa, 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 Where, where, where? where? Eh, where you know, where? around our bridges here in the bay. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, not it? many of them yet, but I have seen a few picks. 
That's have a few, plus some nice sheep's head that have been around. Bill, man, so give that's, me a, that's give, starting. Give me all this climate change, global warring of sheep's head. Are, well, sheep's head were here unless it's way, way back when. They're, they're, I guess, coming back to their old haunts. Billy, you take care. How's any bouncing in that crew? Crazy Johnny and everybody. Everybody's doing good. Okay, Billy, was M the lovely family? Oh, uh, doing wonderful. Man, they're they're ready to be done with being at home. <laughs> Billy, we'll see you next <laughs> week, man. All right, Tom. Let's jump it up to Atlantic City. One stop bait and tackle at North Atlantic Avenue with the great Noel Feliciano. Noel, what's the bite, bro? The bite is super, super epic. And they're catching kingfish, they're catching flounders, still catching blues, occasional striped bass, still. Whoa. They're still here, fellas. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, the weak fish are making a comeback. All right, all right. We have some serious amount of weigh ins. And all these things that I'm telling you, I have proof over them. And if you want to check it out, it's on the One Stop Bay AC on Facebook. A video fishing report. I went there yesterday afternoon and, and got a guy, uh, two guys with fish everywhere. Uh, they were catching and releasing after that because you're only allowed to have only three bluefish in the state of New Jersey. Right. So they had to catch and release everything else. But they had the time of their life. And uh, the flounder situation out in the back bay is super epic this year. And... Uh, uh, the kingfish are literally in droves. Uh, they're they're one-pounders and even bigger than that. Uh, catching them up in Atlantic City here with some nice bloodworms. Nice. And I'm doing a hot spot. Now, uh, uh, been, any, are you hearing anything about triggers or, or uh, sheeps that are showing up yet? So I just finally got a lot of guys been talking about, do you have any crabs? Do you have any crabs? Do you have any crabs? <laughs> so I got some green crabs. They are they are catching the sheep's head underneath the bridge in Brigantine Bridge in Atlantic City Excellent. and in Margate Bridge. Uh, they're, they're keeping it on a low, but they're actually here, fellas and ladies. They're, they're actually here. So I got plenty of green crabs to hit you up on them. And uh, the weak fish are here. And, like, it's, it's super nice to see uh, some bigger fish landing. Some people are yep. keeping them because... They haven't caught a weak fish. They haven't tried a weak fish. And, and then when they do catch something, they, they want to take something home. Sure. So uh, they're entitled to that. But, you know, a lot of guys are catching and releasing. I've uh, been seeing some beautiful photos. And uh, the striped bass situation this year uh, was super epic. Gotcha. Uh, they were shooting them on eels and plugging. Okay, Noel, before, before I let you leave, back to the weekies. Soft plastic bite, little plugs, uh, bloods, or, so, or sandworms, what? You got to remember. I don't know what this 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 rigs actually cost. Back in the day, they used to use like like a bobber with a thirty six scissor and a split shot, holding the worm straight up and down, and a nice big three o hook or four o hook bait holder and a whole jumbo worm on there. And you float this thing across the jetties, man. And and I can guarantee you, a big week is going to hit. If there any week fish around, that whole rock pile or wherever you're shooting, I can guarantee you they're going to hop on that rig. And this is a kept secret for a long time. The old no, timers no. used to use this. Yeah. We're back in action with that. And they use the soft plastics, anything pink. Uh, remember the white bucktail with yep. the purple worm? And, yeah. and jelly worm, yeah. Well, no, back to that blood worm where we also use sandworms over the long branch. That's called the bada-bing, bada-boom rig. The old Italian guys, bada-bing, bada-boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, I'm going to start using that one. I'm going to adopt that one. It's <laughs> okay, back in the data now. I like, I like old things like that. We'll bada-bing, baby. Right. We'll see you this week, brother. Be good. God bless you guys. Hey. See you later. We're going to wrap it up with Captain Dave, the rave show of Obsequian Bay Sports Center, 81 Natalie Terrace in Obsequian, where I understand things are hopping in this first uh, weekend of summer. Let's see what Captain Dave can relate to us. Captain Dave, how's the fishing, brother? Fishing is fantastic. Well, you got you. Somebody better catch these stripers. That's all I know. Everybody's got flatfish on their brain, and these stripers are swimming all over the place, and 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 they're not even being assaulted. I don't know what's the matter, but yeah, the flatfish are here. The flounders are are all over. There's some. I've had some really nice ones coming around, and everything else is going. It it's hot. Good, Dave. Dave, what's the hot gulp of color? Well. It, it, Seems like the the bright the brightest ones are going out. That salmon red is is well, it's hot for it's hot for sales. I don't know how how it actually is on the fish. I you realize I haven't even gotten on the water. I got about <laughs> yeah. two hours with the rod in my hand this whole spring. Now we're starting we're starting up with summer, so maybe I'll be able to do something. Dave, 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 listen, listen to me. Blue fuse. The blue fuse. If Tom P can catch fluke with the blue fuse, anybody can, Dave.
<laughs> you know, I've I've been looking at that. I have. I don't think I even had it during fluke season. I did a few stripers on that. You know, on on my the big um, nemesis with on that oh, blue fuse, but it's, it's a combination of yeah. you know, it's a combination that really looks like it ought to work, and I'm I know it does. Dave, listen, that's one again with the grubs and the mullet that that nemesis seems to be not ignored, but almost like an afterthought, and that's a badass little bait, man. Well, I I don't think I would. I don't think I would try that for anything but the but the stripers because that tail is just too flexible and too. You know, I, I'm not going to sacrifice as much money yeah. as it is as fast <laughs> as it is. But but I tell you what, they got a little. They have the little three incher. I just got them in. Yep. And I got them in the bright colors, and I'll bet you they're going to be weak fish killers. Absolutely. Hey Dave, what are you hearing about bluefish? Uh, Great Bay's got plenty. They're they're in and out. They're yeah, you know, we're getting more and more to those two to three pounders, but they're they're still solid all over the place. Well, at least, at least I'm I'm putting out uh, the guys that want to bait fish, or they seem they seem to like the um the mackerel over the fresh bunker. But right, yeah, you know, they've been doing plenty on that. But yeah, you know, it's all lures. I got it. That's one of my first stops. It's going to be out up on Egg Island Flats, off of Main Marsh in great bay and put some of them up on the surface poppers because <laughs> that's a lot of fun that, that's just yeah that's just a blast and that just gets gets your adrenaline up and not, don't take much to take our adrenaline <laughs> up even at our age right tommy <laughs> <laughs> vintage dave show dave you're the best man how's judy doing kevin everybody good oh everybody's good trying to trying to figure this all out i i don't know i think i might have to hide hide better because they they're loosening things up and i i don't know what's going to happen but i managed to stay through this year and i i got i got the tackle shop pretty pretty packed up i you know you got to remember it takes more time to find the tackle than it does to to sell sell it it right now you gotta (laughs) gotta go distributor distributor and you know first time i even pay in the head i paid every i paid everything up and say look i gave you the money ship some more stuff down this way but I guarantee I got all the all the gulp. I got I got loads and loads of minnows. Looks like they might even break loose early this year. But um, yeah, everything's here and, every, and everything's biting everything. The list, the list is really you know, amazing. Um, king fishing, yeah, you know, the perch fishing. They've already started started to pick up here in Abseekin Creek, yeah. and I've seen some huge catches on the regular spots up in the rivers. Big white perch um, too. Oh. Yeah, they're. Oh. Good stuff, Dave. Good stuff. Okay, Cap, we'll yeah, see you this week, it, man. Okay. Yeah, I won't be anywhere else, but I might be able to start breaking loose on the charters this week. Right. I, got, I do have I do have a crew finally starting now that things have opened up a little bit. And if if everything looks like it's, like it's cruising along, I'm going to get out and boat myself and find some some of my you know, good clients and, and new clients and get out and show them some fish. Okay, Cap, we'll see you this week, brother. Be good. Okay. Yeah, plenty of fishing going out there. Get out there and enjoy first weekend of summer. And remember, starting tomorrow, the daylight period starts to get a little shorter. Hunting season is approaching. Get out and enjoy. Tom P. God bless America. God bless the troops. And God bless our police forces. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio. 95.5 